We've always been driven by big inspirational goals, flying, developing medicine, walking on the moon. And while big goals are exciting, it's actually the little details, the small things that when done correctly and repeated over time, helps us achieve them. As business leaders face a new set of challenges, I'm on a quest to find the small things they need to keep in mind. My name is AJ Kalatanga, and this is One Small Thing, brought to you by Book Speakers Direct, the revolutionary way of selecting the best speaker for your event. My guest today is Peter Turin, officially an ex-pharmacist, but unofficially one of the most intentional human beings on the planet. You'll see what I mean. As both a master and student of peak performance psychology, Peter works with people around the world to change their life or business for the better using his trademarked concept of easy to do, easy not to do. While Peter has spent more than 20 years owning, building and selling successful businesses, the real essence of his work stems from a simple phone call that led to an epiphany about life and what he wanted out of it. And he's here to tell you all about it. Peter, welcome to One Small Thing. Uh, AJ, mate, I'm just looking at your smile and I can't wait to get into this, my friend. Mate, <laughs> this is epic. Now, I know uh, the audience wants to hear about your epiphany, uh, but I would like to start somewhere else, if you will. Uh, I wanted to know why you idolize Muhammad Ali. Let's start there. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, first, first and foremost, you are unique because no one, no one, if I could flip this around and see on my back wall uh, in my office, it's got, it was given to me as a gift. It's just, it just says, I'm reading, I'm reading it from it now. I am the greatest. And there are three photos of the great man. One is shaping up the Joe Frazier. One is that famous one set standing over Sonny Liston. And the other one is that beautiful that poetry in motion when he knocked out uh, George Foreman uh, in Zaire. And Magic. Zaire. You only have to listen to Billy Crystal's eulogy of Muhammad Ali, uh, which is <laughs> just awesome. I really encourage everybody to listen to that. Yeah. He talks about the great. I had two boyhood sporting idols growing up. One yeah. you can sort of see behind me, actually, uh, with oh, right. Rod Labor. There's a, there's a frame. Uh, photos of Roger Federer with uh, Rod Laver. My two boyhood sporting idols were Rod Laver, my first tennis racket. And I toured in a couple of Australian tennis teams a lifetime ago. And my first tennis racket had a picture of Rod Laver on it. And my other boyhood sporting idol was Muhammad Ali. I yeah. just loved him. You know, I knew the result of every fight he ever had. I loved him because he was so much bigger than just boxing. Yeah, he won a gold medal at the Olympic Games in Rome in 1960. And he wasn't accepted when he came back. Uh, you know, America's cheering for him, but then he came home and he's a black man and they didn't like that. And I'm thinking, wow, what is, what is this? I couldn't get my head around that at all. So I was cheering for him even louder. And I just wanted to be a part of that journey. And when he challenged Sonny Liston and he became the heavyweight champion of the world, I, I just loved the whole thing. And, and his humour and his, uh, and so much more, you know, that all the jokes, which I, you know, the turn, he's gone so fast, you know, I'm in bed, but, you know, I turn the light switch <laughs> off I'm in bed before, you know, before it gets dark and, and all this sort of stuff. But he was, in some of the Michael Parkinson interviews, you know, you watched, you know, the, the, the guy actually, as Parkinson took over, and Parkinson's is such an insidious disease and it, uh, it changed the man, obviously. But look, I just, I just love him so much about him, my friend. And if you look at a lot of the quotes, a lot of the things, you know, when he talks about, you know, hating people because of their colour of their skin, 
he says is wrong. And it doesn't matter which color does the hating, it's just plain wrong. Mm. You know, it was just something about him that I, I, I enjoyed and I loved and I massively respected. So let me ask you this, my friend. Do you think that, that we will ever see heroes like Ali in our lifetime again? Look, different people, you know, different, I mean, people will look at it, say, um, in American football, which I don't follow that closely, but a mm. gentleman by the name of Tom Brady, quarterback, mm. you know, six Super Bowls, you know, with, um, the, uh, with the Patriots, and now Tampa Bay, he's just, you know, won another Super Bowl. Mm. Um, the guy's a star. So in America, they have a huge appreciation for how good that man is. Uh, you know, for me, I'll look at... Uh, as a young boy growing up, you know, Rod Laver was right out there, but I grew up in a different generation to yourself. I grew up with Australian tennis players like Roy Emerson and Fred Stolle yep. and Arthur Ashe from America. Uh, the, there are stadiums named after Arthur Ashe and so on. I looked at these people. You know, Roger Federer today, it, it's different, you know, and, and we couldn't actually get so close to these people. You know, we didn't have the technology that people have today that they can just, you know, straight away, they can tap into their so-called superstars. Uh, and they know so much more about them today than we knew about them. So maybe I put them on a pedestal. Maybe I don't know whether they deserve to be on the pedestal or not. Interesting. What you said there was fascinating to me because until this very moment, until you articulate it using your beautiful perspective, I always thought that the social media thing was a negative thing because it's, it's a broadcast medium. And I've had a look at a lot of, you know, the way the medium is being used to broadcast stuff. And, you know, we've got this cancel culture these days, you know, like everyone's got to be a pristine hero and it puts pressure on people. And when they stuff up, they get ripped apart to shreds on a massive level. You know, Ooh. Ali was not, uh, not a saint by any means, but the no. stuff that we saw from him, the stories that we heard inspired all of us to overcome his humanness, I suppose. And with the social media today, I feel as though it's completely different. Until you said what you said just now, which suddenly just triggered in me, oh, we've got more accessibility. And I think this comes back to what we were saying earlier about this quote. And, and our good friends at Speaker Book Direct, you know, Donna posted uh, this, this quote today on LinkedIn. And she said, you know, the famous motivational quote, which is, if it's, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And I think Absolutely. that that is beautiful, my friend. That is beautiful. So again, yeah, dropping gems. But, it, but it, well, yes, so it is interesting, isn't it? So it's it works for and against. You know, had we known that about Ali, we would have been judging him, of course, that he was, you know, on infidelity. You know, yep. oh, you believe he was married, but he was having an affair with some. Oh my God, it's never happened before. Like nonsense. I mean, we're all. We're, we're all, we're, all, we're all human, but yeah, because he couldn't tap into all of that, um, we'd look at him for his boxing or we'd hear some of the comments that he's making. We'd look, see an interview, as I said, with a, with a Michael Parkinson, and you go, wow. And when you listen to Ali talk, even the way he talked about black and white, yeah. like, and he does it in such an eloquent way. You know, why was it Snow White? You know, it's... Why why is the outcast the black sheep? You know, it's yeah. like, and the, the way he does it, you've got to listen to him. He's not yeah. shoving anything down your throat. Yeah. And he could have. So I, I like that about him. Mate, we're, we're talking about one of the greatest. Let me narrow it down to, to yeah. someone I think is, is also one of the greatest, uh, which is yourself, my friend. So I want to ask you, I want to ask you. Stop, stop, stop. 
I don't know, no, no, I know. I, I so hope this really is being recorded because to be brought into the same conversation with Muhammad Ali, but that's never happened before. The only, <laughs> spoken, the only other person who's ever spoken so glowingly about me is my mum. So, oh. Asia, you're right up there. Yay. Yeah. Yay for mothers. <laughs> Mate, uh, the phone call changed your epiphany. I or sparked an epiphany. I want to know, did you yeah. make the phone call or did you receive it? No, I made the phone call. It was the epiphany. Uh, talk to us about I, that. I, I, well, I talk about this a lot, uh, the part that I had a dream as an eight-year-old boy to achieve a black belt in martial arts, but I did nothing about it until I turned Where did that six. dream come from? Why that particular dream? Uh, look, that's, that's, that's a really good question. You'd have to go back to the eight-year-old boy and ask him, and um, this might surprise you, but that's more than a couple of years ago. But I think maybe little kiddies then wanted to be like Bruce Lee and, you know, it was martial arts and it was just a cool thing. And I, I love watching, I mean, I'm a husband, father, grandfather today and I love watching my little grandkids running around, even today as Ninja Turtles, pretending to fight and they can't believe that their papa actually can shape up to them and, 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 put us, and make them giggle and smile and laugh because they got no idea that I actually, you know, embraced the world of, of martial arts. But the dream was as an eight-year-old little boy, and uh, I did nothing about it until I turned 36, which is really interesting because very diff di um, difficult in life to achieve anything if you don't have the courage to get into the game, to make a start. And, and sometimes it's, it's so daunting, a black belt. Oh, my God, a black belt so far out there. So we just don't have the courage to get into the game. And for me, it was as simple as making the phone call. And the phone call was just booking my first lesson. It, it, it wasn't anything massive. It was just booking a lesson. Now, let me ask you, easy to do? Easy not to do? It kind of, you know, it's a phone call for goodness sakes. And that was the key. It was the key to changing my life, both personally and professionally. Now, Big, huh? you, huge, man, huge. And, and to give people context, to go in a little bit deeper, your phrase isn't just easy to do, easy not to do. There's a third component. What's that last line? Yeah, well, that's the key, isn't it? Everything's about choice. And I believe that yeah. everything in life is a choice between easy to do and easy not to do. And choosing easy to do means focusing on what you can do rather than on what you can't do. And it's the first step to achieving anything in your life. But it's also the second step and the third step. And the fourth, and I think you get the picture. And, 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 and one of the great lessons that I've learned, you know, being so privileged uh, speaking and consulting and mentoring globally. And what I've learned is that the best in the world, the best people, the best teams, the best organisations learn to find it easy to do the things that others find easy not to do. So it's a very simple philosophy, but it's a philosophy that has profoundly changed the lives of tens of thousands of people around the world. And I say that to you, I mean, it's sort of rather, I, I hope that doesn't sound arrogant. It's really quite humbling for me. Not and it was interesting because it always well, it, it was a thing that always came out of my mouth, and and it was the thing that the you know easy to do is not do. It was the thing that people always came back to me. It was clearly it was what resonated with people, and I'd be getting texts and emails and phone calls from from a massive spectrum of people from the from the newest person in the company to the president or the CEO of the company saying, "Pete, you're driving me nuts." It's raining outside and all I want to do is stay in bed, but you're that little birdie on my shoulder going, oh, easy to do, easy not to do. So I'm out walking in the rain and guess what? I got wet. And I'm saying, well, 
whoop de doo That's the worst thing that could happen to you. And when you get home, you'll take those clothes off, jump into the shower, and then you'll be dry again after you had the shower. You know, it's we have as much fun with this. It is it is amazing. It is amazing hearing these stories from you. Uh, you and I, just to reference Ali again, and and uh, you know, the more we speak, the more the more uh, similarities, let's just say that that I sort of feel. The thing about Ali, right, and the thing with all of us as speakers is we speak, we say stuff. Uh, my audience now can hear the energy in your voice, and those of you watching this on on your screen will see the energy that Peter has. And we all know deep down inside that's great. Right. But at the end of the day, like Ali, we need to back it up with results. And Peter, mm. I know you've written a book, the, the A to Z of easy to do. But I also know, my friend, that a book is not just a book to you. And earlier on, you shared an incredible story about how you leveraged that book into create unimaginable value to an organization. Can you can you tell us a bit more about that story? Because because I'm fascinated by your entrepreneurial mind. Because as you know, we're we're talking about big picture stuff here. But at the end of the day, what the goal of this podcast is is entrepreneurial thinking. How do you think differently to to carve out different outcomes? And that story that you told, oh, I just love it, mate. Back so back. so please share that story. I just want to go back one step first. Yep. Something that you said about yep. you know being of high energy. Can I tell you that you and I both know that we still have our downtimes. Of course. Okay, well, we just want to go for a walk and just my me time. That, that, that is time for me. Because I've been challenged at conferences too that, oh, yes, that was easy for you because, you know, you've got all <laughs> the energy and, and and people are judging and, and and all you can do is be the best version of you. And what works for me may not necessarily work for you, but let's have a discussion about it. Exactly. And there's more than one way to get from, from A to B. It may not be a straight line, you know, it may be two steps back before we start moving forward. But yes, we have different personalities, all of us, and we have different strengths. And uh, yes, maybe the way I think is a bit different to other, but it's not just about thinking differently, it's about thinking and acting and having the so courage true. to take it. So true. Step. But, and even with the book, so I was challenged how it came about. Yeah. So I'm, I actually love talking about it because we're all vulnerable. And I've written a book many, many years ago, back in about 2006, called Be the Best You Can Be. And I was so proud of that book because I have a passion for the kids and, and young people, and it's raised tens of thousands, maybe more, tens of thousands of dollars for charities around, around the globe. Really, really proud of that book. But as my, as my speech became more around easy to do, easy not to do, and I trademarked easy to do, easy not to do, your choice, People were saying, well, Pete, where's the book? And AJ, I'm a little bit embarrassed to tell you that I was in breach of what I talk about. I'd been choosing easy <laughs> not to do. So what I did was I did it in the form of a collaboration. You know, one of the guys that was helping with my rebranding. So it was pulling, you know, my staff from the videos that I'd done and the stuff that I'd written and that was on social media. So we started to have a look at it. And then people say to me, well, why did you do it in, uh, as an A to Z? Mm. I said, to be quite honest with you, because it was easy to do. <laughs> it was a, and that's sort of like, so that's how my brain was thinking. And so it's an e-book, but I actually had a, uh, a few copies printed. And what was amazing, I was, I was on the virtual stage yesterday, but in a yep. studio, the professional studio with uh, two or three other people. Yep. And one of the people in the studio with me was the, uh, the big CEO. And wow. uh, I got to, had an, on the couch with him. Well, 
Well, the wonderful thing for me is, you know, the power of relationships. He and I yep. first conferenced nine or, 10 years, nine or 10 years ago together, and he's taken me through Asia with him, and we have a, a really a beautiful relationship. So when we sat down and, uh, and I, I'm on the couch with me asking the question and us having a whole lot of fun, uh, when I gave him, it was, it was extraordinary, actually, before he left, because he has to fly back to Singapore, uh, before he left, I put a book signed to him in his hand. He was like a little kid. He was so excited to get the book. And of course, I attached conditions, you know, to giving him the book as a gift. And one of those conditions was he's got three kids. I wanted him to share the stories with his kids. As an A to Z, it's so easy to read a couple of pages and put it down. You can oh, let's read B today. You know, brick walls. What's that all about, Pete? Well, one of my favourite quotes is that the brick walls are there for a reason. The brick walls are not there to keep you out. The brick walls are there to give you a chance to show how badly you want something from a gentleman by the name of Rand Couch, who famously wrote a book called The Last Lecture. But it's things like that. It's not just a word. It might be a saying, or it might be something that resonated with me, and that was the letter. Uh, and so it, he really got, he, he actually was so like uh, almost emotional that I stuck it in his hands with something written inside, personal to him, that he could share with his kids. So it, it was really meaningful to me because it meant something to him. That is, that is remarkable. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, totally, totally makes sense. And, you know, you just touched on something that, that I didn't think we were going to talk about, which is about building relationships, you know. And, and I find it remarkable that that has been, that has been one of the core – uh, sorry, I'm just rambling here because I'm just in awe of, of what you're saying, you know, and just trying to connect the dots here. And, and it, it sounds – you know what it sounds? It sounds easy to do but not easy – sorry, but not easy – easy not to do, sorry, which is building That's relationships right. and having that core focus on building relationships, you know, like to me and yourself and a few others in our, in our circles, you know, uh, it's instinctive, but to many it's not. And I find that fascinating, man. Why do you think people don't, aren't even thinking about building relationships? Uh, look, this is going to be so, such a generalization. Maybe they don't care. <laughs> Maybe it's yeah. all about me. What's in it for me? And I don't want to bring value I mean, that's, I mean, someone's going to shoot me down now. Even how can he say that? But look, different reasons. Yeah. But can I tell you, look, understand, I owned and operated retail pharmacies for 20 years. Now, what, one of the business, my first you know, foray into business was a disaster. And when I finally bought my first business by myself, essentially what I did for 20 years was sell jelly beans and razor blades. I'm a pretty simple guy. <laughs> But what I recognised, what I recognised was that people matter. And my young team of people used to laugh with me. My first book, I actually tell a story. It's the absolute truth. Somebody would walk into my pharmacy. You would walk into my pharmacy and uh, I'd ask your name, I'd have a prescription. And I'd say, what do you prefer to be called? AJ. Uh, and we started having a chat. Mate, what do you do? Uh, and you'd tell me what you do. Okay. And I would get a little piece of paper and I'd, and I'd tear it off and I'd write AJ, uh, originally uh, from Sri Lanka, speaking all around the world, brings his message off, and I'd write all this stuff down on a piece of paper. And at the end of the day, my young team of people would challenge me to, as to how many pieces of paper I actually had in my pocket. And I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have 40 or 50 pieces of paper. And AJ, how fun is this? As I reach across, I'd go home and I'd write it into an A4 Spirex, still do, still do, there it is there, and I would drive my wife nuts because it's Spirex books, man. Spirex books. Well, well done. <laughs> it's a sign well, of greatness, man. 
So, well, so this is really easy to do. I'd write it down in, in, in the A4 Spirex. I'd write it down, and at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd be sitting up reading AJ, speaker, book speakers direct, just spoken in a, at a conference in Hawaii, off to you know, far north Queensland next week. And if you walk down the street in three months' time and I saw you, I might yell out the front of my shop, hey, AJ, where are you speaking on the weekend? Well, why would you shop anywhere else? You'll turn around and you'll come back. We had little kiddies dragging their parents into the pharmacy. He's there, he's there, or she's there, she's there. Because this is going to sound very, very wrong, but the two things I used to judge my teams of people on were one, how they treated the elderly. When an older person walks into your pharmacy, normally it's because they're not well. And to sit them down as if you're welcoming, welcoming that person into your home, to sit them down, give them a glass of orange juice or the newspaper while you take their prescriptions off, off them while you know, I dispense their prescriptions, that comes from the heart. And to get on the floor and play with little children, that comes from a special place. You can't make that up. No, you can't. Judge my, and I know, that, I know that's politically incorrect to do that, but this is a lifetime ago, and that's what we did. I think, I think it's important to realise that even though it was a lifetime ago, mate, you could still carry those same principles forward. You know, for, for those, of us, those of you listening or, or watching this, right, you might not notice it, but every opportunity Pete gets, he, he turns, he, he flips things around on me. You know, it's, it's like he's trying to shine the light back on me and everyone else around us. And I think that's such a magical distinction, you know, because, mate, you care. That's what it comes down to. You care. Simple as that. Mate, it's, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, yeah, look, thank you for that, mate. I'm a little bit um, humbled by that, but I love that word. Um, I grew up in, a, in an era, in that book I referenced before, mm. uh, Be the Best You Can Be, I devote a whole chapter to the word care. Yeah. Because as a young pharmacist, I was told that care is an acronym for customers are really everything. And I learned that that's not the truth. I actually learned that's not the truth because not all customers are really everything. You know, it's uh, but what I did know is that my colleagues, my teammates, are really everything. Colleagues are really everything. But for me, children are really everything, or maybe charities are really everything. But in my world today, care is an acronym for choices are really everything. You now, people listening to us today, they might sit in judgment and go, "Wow, well, you know, I didn't like this, I didn't like that," or they might look at us and go, what's something that I can take away from listening to AJ and Pete today that I can implement into my own life? There's a message there that I love. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to share that message with somebody who I love and or who I care about because maybe we can, we can do this together. Just maybe we can learn and grow together. And as I, I've said to you, one of the things I've, I've always on our journey loved chatting to you, we're just getting stronger and stronger is that each time you and I sit down and talk, we're putting ourselves in danger mm. of learning and growing together and challenging that, each other. Not, not necessarily agreeing with each other all the time, but wanting to bring out the best in that, the other. That, the I others. feel, is, is really an important point, you know, and, and we, had, we had a lot of conversations about this previously, you know, like, and, and I feel as though we, we are aligned in a lot of ways, you know, but, but the beautiful thing about you, mate, is that I feel safe and comfortable talking to you and actually expressing different opinion because you set that tone and leaders listening into this you know you don't have to agree with everyone and everyone doesn't need to agree right. with you but if you can make that environment safe for people to do what pete just said there is that 
Look, respect them as human beings, respect them as colleagues, respect them as friends, respect them as family, respect them as your team members, but allow them the freedom to have different opinion to you. And I think that's a really crucial business lesson there you've captured, mate. Really crucial. No, well, you've captured it. You've captured it. I'm just going to hear how you're expressing it. No, it's the truth. It's the truth. You know, we bring young teams of people. I've been asked on stage, I was speaking at a conference, and there would have been something like 1,500 people in the auditorium. And when I finished speaking, the MC got a little excited, and he asked me, would you mind if we threw this over to the Q&A? Well, I love Q&A because you can't contrive anything. You don't know what's coming your way. And I have spoken about this previously, but one of the questions that I was asked that I had never, ever been asked before was a gentleman stood up in the middle of the auditorium and he said, Pete, thank you so much for today. He said, can I ask you, on 20 years owning and operating retail pharmacies, what are you proudest of? Now, AJ, I've never been asked that question before. And when you've got an audience of that size, you can't give some flippant answer. You've got to give something, hopefully, that's meaningful. And what just came out of my mouth that day, and I've not ever thought about it before, but what came out of my mouth that day was the length of time that people stayed with me. Because for me, that wasn't about me. That was about the environment that we had created together. And my focus had always been on creating environments that brought the best out in people, environments that enable people to shine, but environments that we built together. And I was fiercely proud of that. So it wasn't just, so from there, if you think about that, if you can get the people stuff right internally, then what happened was that they impacted massively on my customers. And the side effect of all of that, pharmacy speak, was that we became commercially very successful. We created an awesome bottom line, but people first. And for me, as I said, I wasn't bright enough to confuse it. I didn't know that you called it incentivizing people. I just thought it was looking after your people and maybe sharing what we're doing and, and, and helping them grow. And I wanted them to be a part of that growth. You know what I mean? Call them fancy terms if you like. I just wanted, and you talk about diversity and all the things we talk about today. I, I had an overload of females. Why? Because they were the best people for the role. It wasn't about, I wasn't looking at, all the things that people are judging you on today, I just wanted an environment that enabled people, to, as I said, to be the best version of themselves, that we could work together and create something bigger, bolder, and better together than any one of us could do by ourselves. And so it's kind of, it's this is real life, and these are stories that I've lived. And I think, you talk about exclusion today, can I tell you, I think one of the most excluded groups of people are the people who are excluded on age. You get to, and I love telling people I'm a husband, father, grandfather, because I've lived a bit of life. There's probably two advantages that I've got over everybody on this audience today is one, I've been on the planet a little bit longer. So just maybe advantage number two, I've just got next to a couple of stories to tell. Let's share some of those stories. And then my challenge to you is to take the meaning from those stories, not about my stories, but to take the meaning from those stories and have the courage to implement do that one thing to get you into the into a game, your game, that's going to push you in the direction of something that matters to you. That is that is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. Uh, I I 
Wow. <laughs> uh, it's not complicated, it's not though, is it? There's nothing there that you throw your hands out and you go, oh, my gosh, how did he think of this stuff? But it's the doing. And what I will do, working with you, is I will hold you to account, okay? You want to be fit and healthy? That's so big. Well, let's get into the game. How will we get into the game? Tomorrow morning, 6 o'clock, two sit-ups and two push-ups. This is how simple this is. There's a yes box and a no box. You've either done it or you haven't. You get to tick one of those boxes. That's it. You want a better relationship with uh, Book Speakers Direct and ring Jerry or Donna. Don't tell me you're going to do it. Just do it. Because at 3.30 this afternoon, I'm going to ring you and ask you, and it's just yes or no. Just tick one of the boxes. And if you haven't done it, I'm smart enough to work out that maybe it wasn't that important to you. Okay? <laughs> if it matters to you, you yeah. the game. And yeah. if you continually tick it no box, well, maybe we're not a good fit. But if you really want to get into a game, and it's the game that matters most to you, it may be building an awesome business. It may be building relationships or better relationships with people who you say matter in your life. It might be becoming financially successful. It might be doing more in the charitable or community you know, place, environment, whatever it may be. Well, let's, let's, let's work at first step, get in the game. There are going to be challenges along the way. We need to rise to those challenges to ultimately be remarkable. But you can't be remarkable if you don't have the courage to get into the game and rise to challenges. And interestingly, they're the three pillars I talk about now. Hmm. Get in the game, rise to, rise to the challenge. Yep, challenging time right now. Yep. But there may be other times of adversity and challenge. Yep. I've seen a few in my time to ultimately be remarkable, but remarkable by your definition. Yeah, and I think that's so important and so it's, it's pivotal that, that the world has changed. And in fact, we're going to see so much more change over the, over the next decade or so. Like people are wondering, you know, oh, we went through coronavirus, you know, it's not going to get any worse. Uh, it'll be a different set of challenges. But what you said there, mate, is that you have to, you have to establish your own goalposts. You know, you have to run your own race. And that's so important. Mate, a lot of, a lot of what you're saying sounds really simplistic and, and easy to do. Also easy not to do, right? But what I want to remind everyone is that you didn't just wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm going to be going to be an inspirational speaker and coach, whatever. You've got an amazing, amazing substance filled career where you've got stories, learnings, lessons that you've built up over time. And I just want to remind everyone that what Peter's saying is based, it, it comes from a place of experience, knowledge, but also you have to be able to know that subject matter so well in order to make it look, sorry, not look, but to make it, distill it down to simplicity principles. And that, my friends, is what Peter does brilliantly. So please Thank keep that you, in Rachel. mind. Please yeah, keep man, that in I'm, mind. You need to do my PR for me. Mate. <laughs> that was, yeah. Oh, bless you, brother. That's no, beautiful. Mate, this is, this no, is the you. one. It, it, it is that. So can I just say, sure. you know, it's not always... And you can get bogged down on the word easy. Sometimes it's mm. not easy. Mm. No, but I think you understand the essence of the message, mm. all right? Those big daunting or those big hairy audacious goals sometimes are so out there, we use that as a reason why not to get into the game. You know, a black belt in martial arts, as if, you know, I'm now 36 years of age. And I'm just starting off in this, as if I could ever be a black belt. Well, you'll, you'll prove to yourself that you can't be, you don't have the courage to make that phone call. And that's, that was the epiphany, and that's the easy to do. Make the freaking call. Make the call. Make the call. Change my life. Hashtag make the call. <laughs> Mates, uh, I, think yeah. you've, I think you've possibly answered this question and several questions <laughs> around it.
But this is the One Small Thing podcast. So I'm looking for, you know, all these leaders out there, they're trying to do these big, achievable, massive, massive goals. And I'm guessing that your one small thing that they should keep in mind is that what is easy to do is, is also not easy, easy not to do. And it's your choice. Mate, can you just one final way to sum that up? Actually, you know what? I'm going to challenge you because you challenge everyone else. I'm going to challenge you. Tell me a story where you've seen the transformation in someone that has embraced that. Uh, Golly, gosh. So many. Uh, One that I love sharing is a gentleman I conferenced with in Denver, Colorado, in the United States. And I mean, I just love saying it. I know it makes me sound like a complete wanker telling you that I've got conference in Asia, I've got conference in the States, but it's, that's, one of the, that's one of the things that we, that we love, love doing. I, I love the man who sent me a message back. Pete, thank you so much. He said, listening to you talk about easy to do, easy not to do. I've embraced it since seeing you on stage and I have become a better husband, father and lover and i thought finally easy to do easy not to do has made it to the bedroom i thought that was just phenomenal he and hopefully hopefully it's the, it's the one partner that he's talking about <laughs> well, well I'm, not, I'm not drilling down there i just was, <laughs> and it was about, you know and, and interestingly what where the starting point for him was that he didn't like the way he looked this was just purely him being him and he felt that he'd get home after a day's work and he was exhausted and wasn't able to give of himself to his partner who he loved and to his children. And as he started to get a little bit fitter and healthier, just choosing easy to do small steps, because as you and I know, there's a real compounding effect here. It's the little things that we do consistently over time that leads to massive achievement. And that's what he embraced. And it's really more about him than about me, the generosity of sharing that with me. Or the man I may have mentioned to you before who he was listening to me talk about easy to do, easy not to do. And I don't quite know how this finishes yet, this story. But he sent me a really emotional uh, message saying, Pete, listen to you talk. I have have been estranged from my father. I I can't even believe I'm telling you this uh, because he said, I've been estranged from my father for 30 years. 30, three, zero years estranged from his dad. He said, I don't know how long he's got. He said, easy to do, easy not to do, a simple phone call. He said, I'm, I'm about to do something about this. And I, I, maybe next time I'll be able to report back to you. It, the power, simple, isn't it? As I said, it's a simple philosophy, but a philosophy that has profoundly changed the lives of tens of thousands of people around the world. And if you ask me, you know, the biggest lesson that I've learned on that journey, it really is that everything is a choice. You know, that choice to make that phone call, that choice that don't tell me you want a better relationship with your, you know, with your little kitty. Just get home for story time. It's a choice. You get to choose to stay at work longer or an extra beer at the pub or you get home for story time. And if you ask me, you know, for that, um, you know, that one thing, you know, that one thing for me is to get in the game. Just do something. Do something to get started. So I tell you, everything is a choice, okay, but get into the game. Instill down as to what matters most to you. Because if everything's important, nothing's important. So have a look at what really, really matters. Have the courage to take that first step. I'll say it again. Everything in life is a choice between easy to do and easy not to do. Choosing easy to do is focusing on what you can do. The first step to achieving anything in your life. Have the courage to take that step, my friend. And let's just and let's keep taking those steps together. Wow. Wow. Uh, thank you for 
your incredible generosity in sharing your stories of wisdom uh, and, and, and a little bit of playing with me also on this podcast, my friend. Uh, it is truly, uh, you are truly a gift to this universe and uh, I do not take our friendship lightly. I just want to say thank you so much for, uh, for your support in my work. And, uh, and and also for for challenging me to bring a bigger game because before I hopped on this interview I really had to bring an A game because I knew I was gonna gonna spar with you today so uh, so thank you so much. Yeah, can I say though? Mm. No, it's me. I mean, I hope you can feel the hug, mate. Oh, it, thank you. Really, it's you. It, you set the scene for this. You know, I you invite me on and give me a chance to have a chat with you. What you and I want to do is to take our messages around the globe to really speak to people, to, to challenge them to be the best version of themselves that they can be. And I believe that the way forward is through collaboration. Mm. It's, it's bigger, bolder, stronger, better together, and to explore those opportunities. And as we said before, to put ourselves in danger of learning and growing together. <laughs> I kind of like the sound of that too. That's beautiful, mate. Thank you so much. And for those of you who'd like to book Peter and other speakers as well, please visit bookspeakersdirect.com. It's a revolutionary way of finding the perfect speaker for your event. I'm AJ Kalatagar. Thanks for watching and listening to this episode. Pete, thanks again, mate. Take care. Thanks. All the best. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it an appropriate thumbs up on whatever platform you're consuming it on and subscribe for future episodes. Thanks again to our sponsors, Book Speakers Direct, the revolutionary way of finding the perfect speaker for your event.